Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic Community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Sunday Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. So let's pray for a moment. We're praying in this place, in Darwin, in the St. Martin of Fores Catholic Aboriginal Church, and we're praying that this theme might become the way we live our lives together in the spirit. Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people being drawn together in the spirit. So Lord, we pray on this day that your spirit would come anew and afresh upon all of us, that you'd breathe afresh upon the church, that we'd have a new appreciation of the First Nations people that you uh, planted in this land who cared for this land and were stewards of this place. And you'd uh, draw us more deeply, Lord, into your plan and purpose in this great south land of the Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to be drawn together today by the power of your Spirit. Especially release your healing love. Break down all division and make us one together in the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm standing on uh, Larrakia land here in Darwin, and this uh, in this year of 2020, with the theme in Aboriginal and Torres Strait on the Sunday of Together in the Spirit. And 2020 has begun like no other year, hasn't it? You know, bushfires of such ferocity and so extensive, we thought that. Uh, our whole land would be burnt out. There's people still traumatised. I realise there'd be people here who are listening today that carry the images and the effects and the trauma in their minds and their bodies. And we pray today that you will find some comfort of God's Spirit and healing today as we come together in the Spirit. And then we're in the midst of this pandemic, which we again face our powerlessness. We face our inability to overcome these forces of nature that are, that are way and beyond us and beyond our experience. We keep talking about these new norms and these, uh, that things won't be the same ever again, that we will we'll, we'll be changed by this. Our, our cultures will be changed by this experience of the pandemic. But we can say this, that as never before perhaps in the history of this nation, Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people are experiencing something of isolation, restriction, separation, um, the sense of being out of control. Um, they're experiencing this together, this trauma, uh, that we're experiencing this together. And perhaps it's beginning to uh, create a deeper sense of empathy and openness and care of one another. So while we collectively experience that through these events, these recent events, sadly the experience for Aboriginal people, this uh, dislocation, separation, restriction, isolation, and the wave after wave of it is all too familiar to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people down through the history of this nation, and particularly since colonisation and invasion. And I use that word invasion because there were places in this land, weren't there, 
where there were frontier wars. So we remember and we together hold the, the experience of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, uh, First Nation people, of this experience of colonisation and invasion. The, the dispossession, the violence, the being forced off the land, the forcible removal of children and families away from their cultures, that trauma which has been experienced not only in the decades past but right down now to our present day. So we see still systems, you know, where there's incarcerations, where there's um, huge medical problems, where there's uh, educational inequality, where there's social disadvantage, um, which are symptomatic often of this trauma that um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have experienced. So we, we hauntingly sort of are hearing and experiencing some of these things from the past still being played out, perhaps in new systems and new ways of governing, but nevertheless still there. And what is still there too is the action and activity and the comfort and the counsel of the Holy Spirit because we have long known this land as the great Southland of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will never be silenced. The Holy Spirit will always find a way of speaking and of stirring in the hearts of people and often it will be through the most vulnerable, the poor, those who are, who are pushed out on the edges, those who are told to be silenced, those who are who are disregarded, you know, by the by mainstream society. That's often where the spirit will be calling, often the cry of the poor. The prophet Zechariah in the readings today has the vision of the Messiah, doesn't he? And and it's a it's a sort of triumphant vision. You know, the the Messiah comes victorious, like a king, and uh, it's there's a sense of power about this 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 vision. But then there's this disturbing sort of humility where he's riding on a donkey, not in chariots, not in great kind of coaches, not in this entourage, but riding on a donkey. And uh, this bears something of the, the heart of God for humanity and the way God is amongst us in humanity and where we can encounter God in in our humanity and in our world. God comes amongst us and hears the cry of the poor. God comes amongst us and carries those who are heavily burdened. So there's this disturbingly humble nature of God who becomes a creation, becomes a creature, becomes a human being. This the Lord of the cosmos. The Word is made flesh and lives amongst us and he shoulders our burdens, our pain, our suffering, our loss of identity, loss of what it is to be truly human, creating the image and likeness of God. He takes this sin upon himself and he suffers the shame and the trauma and the separation and the isolation and the pain and the torture of the cross. So he goes down into the depths of our human experience. And doesn't, uh, there's no depth that God doesn't go to, into that deep experience of uh, that human condition, the human pain and loss. The very wounds that were inflicted upon Jesus to silence him, 
to separate, to control, to, to somehow stop the healing power and love and mercy and forgiveness of God. Those very wounds become the openings through which God's Spirit is able to work and release in the world. That, that piercing of the heart of Jesus, which was kind of be the, the death note, if you like, the, the final act to um, seal his death, actually becomes the action that we understand to be the outpouring of God's Spirit in unprecedented way. So now Jesus has transformed wounds into, as, you, as we've all heard, these life-giving fountains of grace and healing and mercy and transformation. So we're drawn to the risen one. He who was the wounded Jesus, now these wound, wounds have become fountains of life. So we seek to listen and respond to the Spirit who's breathed by the risen one upon us. And the Spirit who lives within us, not just in us personally, but us in us as the people of God, as the body of Christ, and especially the poor in spirit. And we pray that um, that experience, that wounding, will often, first of all, wound those parts of us that are in need of breaking open, like our ego and our pride, maybe our racism, maybe our indifference to those who suffer, to those who are in trauma and in pain and crying out to be listened to. This wound of love, the wound of Jesus, in a sense, this, this wounding of the spirit draws us back to an original humility where we recognise our complete dependence upon God and God's creation. Pope Francis refers to uh, the earth and of all creation as brother earth, like his uh, namesake did. The Aboriginal people often refer to the land and the earth as mother, don't they? We don't own the land any more than we own our mothers. We respect and love our mothers. They give us life. They nurture us. They wisely teach us about our relationship to God and creation and humanity and everything in the world, all creatures and all the land. So it's in this connection to the land as mother that the church needs to understand her identity in this land. You see, the church in Australia doesn't comfortably sit in this land. It's like uh, much of, um, uh, since colonisation and invasion, there's this sort of sense of taking the land, dominating the land, controlling, profiteering from the land, rather than developing a relationship, rather than allowing it to speak to us, rather than allowing it to teach us, rather than being learning from her. And this is something that um, the, the Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people have been in touch with, haven't they, for you know, 60 to 80,000 years. We call this Australia the great south land of the Holy Spirit. So the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have been listening to the Holy Spirit in this land and developing their cultures and their ceremonies and their kinship systems and all that makes up who they are and their identity around this experience of the Spirit in this land. Certainly there's the, the needing of the coming of the Gospel and the purifying of that culture too. No culture is perfect, but I believe that the, the key 
that unlocks what Jesus wants the church to be in Australia is still yet to be really uh, appreciated and valued. And that's the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Because when we listen, when we listen to what the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are saying about their experience of the gospel coming to them and coming to this land, what's their, what's their experience of Jesus in this land? What's the experience of being the body of Christ in this land? As we listen to that, that'll shape the church and the mission of this land. Then we'll feel a sense of ease and rest in this land. That we don't have to dominate it. We don't have to control it. We just have to listen and to be open to God's spirit in this land. That the spirit comes to... Um, you know, as Jesus said, come and learn from me. All you are heavily burdened and laden, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. So with the Spirit, in the Spirit, let us humbly come together and recognise the role of the Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people in shaping the church in this land so we can truly be the church that Jesus wants us to be. Let's pray. Let's cry out in our hearts in this Eucharist and often let's cry out together in the Spirit, come Holy Spirit and renew the hearts of your faith. Enkindle in them the fire of your love. Draw us together in this land. Help us, Lord, to listen to your uh, movement in this land. Help us to listen to the stories that you've placed in this land. Help us, Lord, to appreciate the people that you gave this land to, the First Nation people. Help us to hear the way that they've worked with your spirit down through the ages. Help us, Lord, to hear how the gospel has been received and shaped their minds and hearts. And help us, Lord, to become the church that you really want us to be. Amen. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.